Welcome to CUCC's Sermons for Everyone. No matter who you are or where you find yourself on life's journey, we're glad you've tuned in, and we hope you find meaning in this week's sermon. Well, friends, today we do start a four-week series on the book of Ruth. And I know I say this a lot, but the book of Ruth is, is as good as it gets for me. It is right at the top of my list. It is a sacred story that has so many layers to it. And interestingly enough, God's barely mentioned throughout the book, but... But let me tell you, just like our own lives and the world around us, if you know where to listen, right, and where to seek, you'll find that God is throughout it all. Now, part of what we do when we open up these ancient stories is we, we're seeking to find ourselves in the pages. And I always say that a lot, but we're seeking to find ourselves within these stories so that we might truly encounter them. And we might experience the God that's inside it. And to do that, it's often helpful to start with a little inventory of where you're at, where we're at. And so as we jump in, I wonder how you're doing this morning. All right, I wonder how you feel your life is going. One thing that I've come to know is that when you're in a group this large, a community with this many people, everything is on the table, right? Someone today is having a great day, like best week ever sort of week, and, and someone else is struggling to, to just get through the week, right? It's all in this room, and it's all in this book, and so how, how are you doing this morning? Maybe you're riding high, feeling blessed. At the end of every month, the bills are paid. There's even a little left over for some fun. Maybe your relationships are on point. There's still a spark in your marriage. Your kids actually like being around you and your friends, you have friends, right? They're real, real friends and it's good, right? Maybe you found a way to give back to this world. You feel connected to God, connected to spirit, connected to something larger than yourself. Maybe you're rocking it and you feel close to God. Maybe as you heard me describe such niceties, you found yourself getting a little bitter, a little sad, a little jealous, maybe just a little blah, because you haven't felt blessed like that in in a while. Maybe you just feel empty, like you've been living someone else's life, like you've been mindlessly on autopilot and just don't know what the point is. Or maybe for you, it's been even worse. You know struggle. You know real struggle. You know what it feels like to lose everything, to lose your health, to lose your livelihood, your marriage, Maybe you know what it feels like to lose a loved one. Do you know what it's like to have your eyelids raw from crying or your jaw cramped from clenching? Those feelings are in the room too. 
So here's the deal, your joys and your pain is all over the book of Ruth. It's not overly dramatic and sappy, but it's real. It's real and it's all in here. And one of the things that that the book of Ruth does for us is it reminds us that it doesn't matter whether you are riding high or have recently hit rock bottom, everything can change in a blink of an eye. So friends, if you stick with us for four weeks, I guarantee you, you will find yourself and some of your stuff in this story. Now, if you will, let's open in a prayer as we kick off this series seeking to to experience something from God. Let us pray. God of Abraham and Sarah, God of Joseph and his brothers, God of Moses and Aaron and Joshua, God of Rahab, Deborah, and Ruth. As we open these words, we pray that you would open our hearts, that you would help us become aware of your presence and your character in these stories, in this very room, and in our lives. May the reading of these words and the thoughts and meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and holy in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This week I invite you to grab one of these blue books in your pew. I know there's not enough for everybody, so you may have to share, but grab a Bible in your pew, and you can start by flipping right to the beginning. To the beginning of the beginning, like we did three and a half years ago, you'll find the book of Genesis. Now, once you get to the book of Genesis, you can just keep flipping. You can flip 50 chapters, and you will find yourself somewhere in the book of Exodus. Feel free to keep flipping. If there's music notes on the page, it's the hymnal. You got to grab the blue one. It's okay. Exodus, keep flipping. You'll find Leviticus. Then if you keep going, the book of Numbers, and then Deuteronomy. The first five books of the Bible, the five books of Moses, uh, the Torah in the Jewish tradition. In Christian circles, we often call it the Pentateuch. And if you've been coming around for the last couple years, we've done that. We've read those together. After reading those five books, we crossed over the Jordan River, settled into the promised land, and we read, if you keep flipping, the book of Joshua. Then we found ourselves in the cycle of the judges this fall. I know they were beloved stories by all. The stories, the people of God, the moral fiber of the Israelites seemed to just fall apart. We read the book of Judges this fall and things got a little ugly. And so keep flipping. If you keep flipping past the book of Judges, you'll come to the book of Ruth. If you find yourself in 1 Samuel, you flip too far because Ruth is really short. It's easy to miss. And so you can keep your finger in the page if you found it. We can go back to it. What sort of story is Ruth? 
what exactly have we got ourselves into for the next four weeks? By the end of the four weeks, you're going to have a pretty good idea as I'm going to do something different with this series. I know in the past I've always said, we're going to read all of it, right? Even the hard stuff. Well, this time we're literally going to read all of it. We have four beautifully written chapters in four weeks. And what I want is I want you to hear this story for what it is. And then we'll stop throughout it to to discern, to listen, to hear where the spirit might be leading us, might be speaking. But we're gonna read this story together. Today we'll start slow because the first five verses are loaded and then we'll pick up the pace. And so you are welcome to just listen. You are also welcome to follow along. And so if you'd like, you can join me in Ruth chapter one, verse one. Friends, this is the story of Ruth. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And a certain man from Bethlehem in Judah went to live in the country of Moab, he and his wife and two sons. And so we don't miss it, a famine, a loss of security and livelihood has forced a young family to leave the promised land in search of food and water somewhere else. It is a massive economic recession. Some were able to hold on to what they had. This young family was not. They're forced to leave everything. That's how this book starts. Can you feel it already? And so in the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem in Judah went to live in the country of Moab, he and his wife and two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. And I wonder if any of you have ever had to move and start over. If you've ever faced a frightening scarcity, your career or your paycheck was in jeopardy, you no longer afford to to stay where you were. You didn't know what was next, but you knew everything was about to change or maybe even worse. I wonder if you've ever had to move and start over with little kids. That can eat a parent alive, feeling like you're unable to provide unable to keep your family safe, but at least you have your family, right? At least if you're gonna start over, you're starting over together. And so the name of the man was Elimelech and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem and Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there, but Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died. And she was left with her two sons. Friends, I don't know that pain. But I do know that at the time, losing your husband was not only heartbreaking, it was frightening. Right? Not only did you lose your person, you also lost your legal standing. All of your land, your possession, your stuff was transferred to the next of kin. 
Everything you and your husband had worked for was now the possession of the closest male relative and you were dependent on them. Luckily for Naomi, she had two sons to inherit their household and look after her. And so Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah and the name of the other, Ruth. Things are looking up. Not only does Naomi have two sons, she now has daughter-in-laws. I'm sure she still misses Elimelech. But somehow they are building a life for themselves. And so her sons took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah, the name of the other, Ruth. When they had lived there about 10 years, both Malon and Kilion also died. So that the woman, Naomi, was left without her two sons and her husband. And that's too much, right? That's too much for one person to go through. She has lost everything. She's wrecked. In five verses, Naomi is completely empty. When they had lived there about 10 years, both Malon and Kilion also died. So the woman Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. Then Naomi started to return with his daughter-in-laws from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had considered his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she had been living, she and her two daughter-in-laws, and they went on their way to go back to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go back, each of you to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find security, each of you in the house of your husband. Then she kissed them and they wept out loud. She's letting them go. Maybe she knows that it's in their best interest to return to their family, to try and remarry. Or like we so often do, maybe in her pain, she just wants to be alone. And she's pushing out the only people she has left. We don't know, but she tries to send them on their way. But they said to her, no, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, turn back my daughters. Why will you go with me? Do I still have sons in my womb that they may become your husband? Turn back my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. Even if I thought there was hope for me, even if I should have a husband tonight and bear sons, would you wait until they were grown? Would you then refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, it has been far more bitter for me than for you because the hand of the Lord is turned against me. Then they wept out loud again. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. So she said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. 
But Ruth said, hear this because this is some powerful stuff. But Ruth said, do not press me to leave you, to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord do thus to me, and more as well, if even death parts me from you. I don't have words to describe what Ruth just said and did. Right, it's so much deeper than loyalty. It's so sad. I'm sorry, Charlie. Mama. Mama's singing a song at the end of the sermon too. It's so much deeper than loyalty. It's so much more powerful than devotion. Ruth, Ruth attaches her life to the life of her mother-in-law. Naomi is bitter. She's broken and empty. And Ruth fully attaches her everything to the welfare of a relative. Maybe Ruth also feels so empty after losing her husband that she's just desperately holding on to this relationship. She, she just couldn't lose another person. Or maybe Ruth knows exactly how empty and vulnerable Naomi is. Maybe Ruth knows that Naomi's only chance of not becoming an old homeless widow is for Ruth to remarry and to take her in with her. We don't know. But Ruth says, where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. So the two of them went on. They came to Bethlehem. When they came to Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And a woman said, is that Naomi? And she said to them, call me no longer Naomi. Call me Mara, which means bitter or dirt or nothing. Call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has dealt harshly with me and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? Friends, sometimes the pain's so deep that it changes you. It leaves you feeling like a completely different person. It's not just a thing that once happened or an experience that, that needs time to settle in. It, it like changes you. And Naomi is so changed because of her suffering that her name doesn't even work for her anymore. 
It's like her, her name was connected to this old life and it doesn't make sense in this new, empty and bitter feeling life. Why call me Naomi? I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. So Naomi returned together with Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, who came back with her from the country of Moab. They came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It's the story of Ruth, and it's just getting started. And I don't know who needs to hear this, but I do know that it is far too easy to push people away when you're going through something something difficult. It's far too easy to turn inward, to stop talking to friends, to block people out when you're, when you're suffering, scared, or experiencing uncertainty, loss, pain. But if there is a lesson to learn from the story of Ruth so far, it's, it's friends, don't, don't push them away. Don't try to go it alone. Naomi's story is heartbreaking, but letting Ruth, her daughter-in-law, join her in her pain and bitterness, it ends up changing everything. While it didn't take the pain or loss away, letting Ruth in changes the ending from a tragic tale to a grand story of redemption. And in a similar way, I don't know who needs to hear this, but I, I do know it can be really hard to hang around someone who is suffering, who is grieving, who is bitter. It's easy at first. In fact, kind of makes you feel like a good person. But it's hard to stick with them for the long term. It's natural to want to turn back, head home, hang out in the comfortable and tell yourself they're fine. They don't want me around anyways, or they're going to have to do this part of the journey on their own. But if there's a lesson to learn from the story of Ruth so far, it's, it's stick with them. Cling to them. The radical love of someone who walks alongside another person, even when the other person is bitter and hard to be around, well, that kind of love can change everything. Again, while it doesn't take away the pain or the loss, Ruth's radical love for Naomi changes the ending from a, a tragic tale again, to a grand story of redemption. And, and finally, I don't know who needs to hear this, but I do know how deep the pain of loss can go and how grief and suffering can literally change you. I know how hard it can be to be out in public. I know how exhausting it can be when someone recognizes you and you have to tell the story of your loss again. I know how it can leave you feeling like a different person, like you almost need a different name. And once again, well, it does not erase or replace the loss without giving away the ending of this story, this tragic 
tale really does turn into a, a grand story of redemption as the life of Ruth and Naomi end up altering the course of the entire world. Friends, we are recipients of such a rich tradition, such masterful and and mystical stories. May the living word of God and the love of Ruth and Naomi stick with you throughout the week. May we all find people to cling to and, and may we let people into our stuff. And may God bless you and keep you. For you are in this story, we are all in this story. Amen.